wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's great! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for November 29, 2018. I am Graham Gius and Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. We have an absolutely loaded edition of Wrestle Rant Radio on tap for you fine folks here today, featuring the one and only John Ritland at Reborn Again on the Twitter machine, helping me break down and specifically rant. We're putting the rant and Wrestle Rant Radio today about Monday's Raw and everything else going on in the world of wrestling right now. But before we welcome on John, a uh, real quick plug here for the show. You can check out new episodes of Wrestle Rant Radio, not only on NextDayWrestling.net, but also on iTunes. Simply search up Wrestle Rant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, you also get every archived episode in the history of Wrestle Rant Radio dating back over five years to October of 2013. So on that note, guys, allow me to welcome at this time today's great guest, John Ritland from Real Honesty with John Ritland on YouTube. Hey, Graham. John, what's going on, my man? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio. How you doing? Man, it has been a minute. I have been, I've been good. It's really, really nice. Can you hear me okay? I can, actually. I can. Okay, good. No, no, I was just curious because sometimes the signal's weird. I have been good. My Thanksgiving, I worked. How was yours? It was good. It was good. I, I had to work two at night, so it wasn't like the greatest, unfortunately. But anything is better than Raw on Monday. So compared to Raw on Monday, I thought it was a decent. Uh, it was a decent Thanksgiving. But you know, it was all right. Do you usually do you usually work on Thanksgiving or no? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I usually do because it's like it's always on a Thursday, and I always work Thursday nights. No, I remember having to work at theaters uh, on Thursdays. Those were the days. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, the good old times. And there's not many. Great movies out right now. I mean, there's a couple good ones. A Star is Born is still out right now, and we'll talk all about movies momentarily. We're wasting no time today. We're already in recording process because I want to get right into the ranting. But I do want to talk about everything that you're going that you got going on too. So the the fact you brought up the movie thing is perfect because I know you have. Uh, I wanted to get your uh, two cents in some movies that are out right now. Obviously, you, you do some great movie reviews for your channel. Real honesty with John Ritland. People can check it out. You and the Durbinator do some great content, but um. Yeah, what are some movies that you've seen recently that kind of piqued your interest? Well, basically, okay, with Halloween, like, there were a lot of people that were saying, okay, it's, you know, this and this and this. It's trying to be too much like the original, and it's, like, not trying to create its own thing. And then it kind of does... Have you you've seen the Scream movies, or have you not? I, You know what's interesting? I only watched the first one for the first time a couple weeks ago. That was the only one I've seen, though, in its entirety. Um. Well, example, Scream 4. They had... But like how you do it when you have, when you reboot a bunch of um, a bunch of uh, you know or like a franchise, yep. you introduce new characters as a way to continue it. Mm-hmm. But then they went back to the old characters where the old characters survived at the end. I mean, you know, not for a spoiler, but the movie's been out for seven goddamn years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's kind of what they did with the new Halloween. Now, I mean, it, 
and you know, for people that haven't seen it, by the way, you know, stick hissing cobras in your ears if you don't want to hear this. But when Lori and her granddaughter and her daughter like survive, and the granddaughter's holding the knife, I'm like, okay, so now they're going to continue it with this. Mm-hmm. This is what they're going to do, huh? The Rob Zombie ones tried to be like an origin story, and it was a lot like the the Friday the Thirteenth remake that they did in 2009, where. They tried to mash up the first or the first Friday the Thirteenth with mo- the mother dying, and then with Jason being like a sentient being that you know a, that can like you know sense people and is actually smart and not just a mindless dumb killer. It was the wrong way to do a reboot, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. And that's to me that's what the Rob Zombie ones did because they tried to have an origin story in the beginning, and I didn't care for the origin story. It had some good visceral violence, and it had Tyler Maine as uh, Michael Myers, and he was a saber-tooth in that first X-Men movie. But other than that, I mean, it, I like the first Halloween. Now, I hated Overlord. I did not see Overlord. I heard people said it was good. You didn't like it? it I can see why people liked it. But, okay, it's like the rebooted Wolfenstein games. They might as well call it Wolfenstein Overlord. Mm-hmm. It was like, all we needed was, you know, and I mean, the name makes me laugh every time, but B.J. Blackovitz, because I, I, they named him that, and I go, that's just going to become a meme. Even <laughs> yeah. You can see that I coming from a mile away, yeah. It really, oh, the name too. Anyway. <laughs> so, but as far as, as far as new stuff, I was, I didn't, I didn't like Overlord, but I see why people did. I did, I started watching The Haunting of Hill House, but as of now, I have not finished it. I only watched the first episode. That's a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. It's, it was pretty good. But, um, Suspiria, that was something I watched that I was pretty impressed with. Was that a Netflix it, movie, what? too? No, no, no. It's actually a remake of an Italian movie by Cicero Argento. Oh, okay. Um, wait, that's Argento. But, <laughs> it, it was, okay, the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, the girl that was in it, Dakota Johnson, she plays a dancer that goes to a foreign country, and there's a whole bunch of weird shit going on, and Tilda Swinton, of course, is the head of this uh, dance school, and I'm convinced she's half-elf. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who Tilda Swinton is, but... I don't. I'm going to look it up right now as you're speaking. What's her name again? Tilda Swinton? Tilda, yeah, T-I-L-D-A, and then... Oh, Swinton, yep. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, God. She looks like she's from The Hobbit. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know if she was in any of the Lord of the Rings movies because so many people were in those. I think she might have been in that and The Hobbit. No, she's actually a really good actress. Wasn't she in um the, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe movies or no? As the witch? I, you know what? She might have been. Those movies Those movies kind of gave me some PTSD because I didn't really think that they were that good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, she but definitely I looks familiar. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, I, yeah, no, um, I can't, yeah, I can't see it. But yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, she was. No, she no, was no, in the movies. No. She was in the movies. Yep, my bad. No, no, no. It's all right. I can't think of what she was in either. Um, but I know she's been a lot of no, she was in it. She's the head of dance school, and there's a lot of really creepy shit going on. I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody, but suffice to say, that would probably be my, if not my favorite movie, my second favorite movie of the year. Because I really, really liked that one. Dang. Um, but yeah, Robin Hood was something I was going to watch, and then I just, I've had four opportunities to see it, and I didn't, and mm-hmm. it has done so bad. Yeah. Like, I could just wait a month. It was bad. 
I didn't see the movie, but it's done it's done really poorly where I work. And it's really bad timing too. I mean, you had Creed two coming out, you had Wreck It Ralph coming out, they had Fantastic Beast just come out about a week ago. It really is being eclipsed by everything else coming out right now. But even if it wasn't, even if it came out a month or two ago, I really don't think it would have done that much better, to be honest. And Jamie Foxx is like I mean, Jamie Foxx is acceptable. I think he was good in collateral and then he did him Sunday, but and Ray, I mean, he was good in Ray, but I didn't, I didn't care for a lot of what Jamie Foxx has done. That's just my opinion. Um, LL Cool J to me is a better, you know, a, a better, you know, actor, and he was originally a rapper. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, that Taylor Edgerton or however you say his name, yep. the guy that was in Kingsman. Yeah, Kingsman guy. Yep. Yeah, now I like him, and I was like, okay, this might be, it looks trashy, but it might be good, and I passed every time I'm watching it. <laughs> There's been a lot of shit movies this year, though. Dude, this has not been a great year for movies at all, I don't think, in my opinion. I mean, I know you and I differed on Hellfest, I remember, because I remember you yes. talked about it, mm-hmm. and I liked it for what it was, but I totally see what you were saying. <laughs> it was... It was not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. My favorite movie might actually be something that I don't think people would have guessed, and that's A Simple Favor. Why does A Simple Favor and, sound so familiar? I remember when that came out. What is A Simple Favor? Oh, wait, was that the one with um the two women or something like that? Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. Yes, that came out over and, the summer, I, I think, right? Yeah, and I, I had heard about it. It had just come out in theaters, but I people couldn't stop banging on about it, like, go see it, go see it, go see it. So I had already seen something earlier that weekend, but I saw, um, <laughs> I went and watched it, and it had a guy from Crazy Rich Asians in it, which I haven't seen yet, but apparently it's good. Heard that was um, good, too, yeah. Yeah, it's like, and that guy's career is just fucking exploded. I can't remember the guy's name for the life of me. He was good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Simple Favor might actually be my favorite movie of the year, and I saw one trailer, uh, and the trailer's kind of misguided because it plays it straight. The movie is almost more of a dark comedy than anything. Hmm. It was great. It was great stuff, though. It looks good. I really wanted to see it. I just never had the time, unfortunately. Now all these movies are coming out on DVD literally within two months. Venom came out a month and a half ago. It's coming out on DVD, someone told me, in like three weeks. Oh, is it already? Yeah, which is crazy. So. Well, I mean, yeah, I remember doing a review of that with the Derb. Um, there were some great, there were, I liked Assassination Nation, which is a mouthful of a title right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, I didn't know much about it, but it, it bucked the trend of me, like, okay, I'm thinking this is going to be shit or it's going to be one of those trying to be cool, trying to be hip, trying to be all this kind of stuff, and it's going to fail miserably. And I'm not exactly sure what I watched, but I know I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you. I had watched the review of it. I never saw the movie. I don't think we had it where I work for too, too long, but I do remember when it came out. So I watched the review, and you made it sound really interesting to the point where I want to watch it now, too. Um, that I had completely, there's a lot of movies that came out this year that were either really not that good or some of the better movies kind of flew under the radar. Like if you had to pick off the top of your head, what were your top three favorite movies of 2018 that you can remember anyway? Oh, that I can remember a simple favor, mm-hmm. um, Suspiria and if you held a, if you held a, you know, a, a knife to my head or something or an ice pick in my eye, I would say Hereditary, A Quiet Place. Oh, okay. Under Hereditary. Yeah, I forgot about those two movies. Yeah, I knew you would like those two. Yeah, I, I spoke very glowingly of Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, which Tony Collette needs to be nominated for a goddamn Oscar for that. There, there's no way that mm-hmm. she can't be. She was great at. But yeah, what about yeah you? you I remember somebody asked you about this on uh, you know on your Ask GSM uh, video, like one of them recently, and I think like Avengers: Infinity War was in your top three, if I remember right. That is correct. Yeah, Infinity War was one of my favorite movies I've ever seen because I'm a big Marvel guy, the Marvel movie guy. So. Uh, I, I loved Infinity War. I hadn't seen those movies. I heard A Quiet Place was great. Is it accurate that it was like it was less of a horror and more of like a thriller? Because I like those type of movies, personally. Hereditary, someone told me about it. I had no interest just because that's not my type of movie. Not that it's bad. I just don't like those type of movies. But um, I heard A Quiet Place was really good, though. Is that, is that I mean, you said it was good, but is it like more of a thriller type movie? I, it was, you've seen The Twilight Zone, right? I have seen The Twilight Zone, yep. It's a it's a pumped up version of like a standard Twilight Zone like concept, like taking the concept and getting the most out of it. It's a simple concept, and I mean, it was directed by Jim from The Office. Oh yeah, that's what someone told me. Yep. <laughs> but what was amazing about that, <laughs> watching that is now you saw the trailers, right? I maybe I'm not sure. I know they're in like a maze or something like that, right? Or something like that. Yeah, there was something like that. Well, they were in the woods. A oh, woods. Okay. Okay. Uh, but the way the way he was all bearded and everything, and the way they described the creatures, I go, cool. It's The Last of Us, only a movie version. <laughs> yeah. Even though he was practically the dad from The Last of Us. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I I only played the game once, and that opener nearly. I don't know if you ever played The Last of Us. No, I have not. No. It there was this really sad opener where I'm just like, oh well, I feel so happy to play this game now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, A Quiet Place is very enjoyable. It, it had its moments of, like, you know, because there's creatures that hunt by sound. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Emily Blunt was good in it. I mean, and it makes sense that her and, uh, you know, I think John Krasinski, I think is his name. It makes sense that they, were, they had such good chemistry in the movie because they're married in real life. So, yeah, it was, it was much more, it was much more of, like, a bit psychological because it was since, you know, they couldn't make any noise or whatever and they had to be quiet and they had to adapt to it, it did have more thrilling moments to it than, like, straight-up horror, but there were a couple of horrifying moments. It was a mix of both. So you had that, A Quiet Place, which, I mean, I will watch. I gotta thank you, first of all, because I know you had sent me those codes for the digital downloads, and I think A Quiet, a quiet Place was definitely one of them. Was Hereditary the other one, too? I know there was another one. There was a bunch of them. I, you know, I think, it might have been, Graham. I sent you a few. You sent me a bunch, yeah. But it was funny. I definitely, I'm definitely gonna watch a Quiet Place because that had intrigued me that we had that for a while where I work and I wanted to watch. I just never had the chance. I think you sent me the Hereditary code too, and if there was like one or two that didn't work or whatever, they expired or something. Valerian, Valerian, I think was one. Valerian, I knew was one of them. Yeah, that was definitely one of them. Hereditary, I think, was another one. Which, again, I probably won't watch. But Alexis loved that movie. She loved it so much, and I'm like, maybe you can watch this. And she loves your video. She loves your content. She knows exactly who you are. So I'm like, yeah, Johnny, send me this code. Maybe you can watch it or something. But I have no, I have no interest. And I, I do want to say just off on a little tangent before you know talk about worst movies. I'm really had like when I first heard like you know about you and Alexis like you know like dating. I go okay, and I heard like it was like the the SGSM video she was part of. I go. Oh yeah, this is this this is working swimmingly. This is <laughs> but I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is fucking perfect. That, that one flew by. I mean, and not that the other ones don't, but I was like, oh, this is great. She should be 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, she's gonna. I think she's gonna be on the show again soon. Um, hopefully in the foreseeable future. She's been here on this show and wrestle rant with me a few times too. And I told her that I was talking to you today, and I said, "Guess who I'm talking to on Wednesday or Thursday for Wrestle Rant Radio?" She goes, "What are you talking to RJ or something like that?" I said, "No, I'm talking." She, I, I gave her three choices. She said RJ first, and I said, "No, not RJ. I talked to him last week. Who else do you think?" He goes, "She said." What, John? And I said, yeah, you got it. She goes, oh, that's going to be a good one. And I said, I know, it's going to be fun. It always flies by with John on WrestleRant or Hashtag or whatever it might be. And it's been a while. When was the last time you were here on the show? Do you remember? It's at least been a couple months. I think it, I think it was right before Money in the Bank, if I remember right, because you were talking about going there you know, for your trip. You're right. You're right. It yeah. was back in June or May. Yep, you are correct. That's, been, that's still a while, though. It has been. It's been what, like almost six months. I, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Because I made the suggestion that Sasha's leave was going to go up and get the briefcase. Wait, what'd you say? Remember when I mentioned that Sasha's leave was going to get uh, detached and go get the briefcase? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. God. It's one uh, of those golden clubs, but, Yeah. Good times, and it feels it, like Raw is every bit as bad now as it was six months ago. So nothing has changed. Welcome back to the show. Christ, man. I mean, just to finish up about bad movies. Yeah, right? go ahead. Go if ahead. Of course. If I had to pick... Oh you have to include would, Truth or Dare. Please include Truth or Dare, because I watched your review and oh I was God. laughing my ass off. Oh, God. Well, no, Truth <laughs> or Dare, Slender Man is number one. Oh, of course, Slender Man. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, and Joey King, which... Did, have you seen The Conjuring, the first Conjuring? No, I haven't seen any of The Conjuring movies. I'm aware of them. I know what they are. I have not seen any of them, though, no. She was in that, and even though she was in a minor role, I'm like, okay, you know what, this kid, because I think she's only like 20 now, or she's 20 next year, or something like that, so she's still really, really young, but I'm like, I remember thinking, okay, this kid's got something, and then she was in Wish Upon, which was absolute shit. I remember. (laughs) And it had a good concept to it. Yeah. It had Ryan Ryan Felipe playing a dad, and I'm like, fuck, I'm old, because I remember Mm -hmm. doing Cruel Intentions. (laughs) My God. yeah, Slender Man number one. Truth or Dare's got to be number two. Yeah, those movies sucked. They were awful. And, mm, God, I just, which one did I hate so much? Because it's either it's either the Cloverfield Paradox or Strangers Pray at Night. That's so funny that you mentioned that. I did not see Strangers Pray at Night. We had that for maybe a week, maybe two weeks. I don't remember, but I know that it was the sequel to the OA movie, which people liked. People were looking forward to this one. Did awful business. No one liked it. I heard it was bad. I think I'm... I think I watched your review because I was intrigued to go see it, and you said it was bad. I'm like, I oh, no thanks. I watched the Cloverfield movie because I've seen the previous two, so I was intrigued about the third one. I definitely watched the review on that. That was a huge ass disappointment, major disappointment. Well, what's funny about it? It wasn't even supposed to be a Cloverfield movie. Exactly, that's it the was- problem. Yeah, I think that's why it was so disappointing. Because as a standalone movie, it wasn't terrible. It was just that it was a Cloverfield movie. It sucked. And they had that one at the end. I mean, sorry again, spoilers. Put put some, you know, put put more hissing covers in your ears. But they had when the spaceship or the shuttle falls down to Earth, and then you have that one clover field monster burst out from the clouds. I'm like, how is the world still standing if there's a creature that big? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? But yeah, those would be my top three words. Truth or dare, for sure, because I knew it was going to be bad. But I'm just like, what? There. It's nothing but a bunch of twenty, even thirty something. I think Lucy Hale, the main girl that's in it, that perpetually looks fourteen years old, like she's yeah. Gomez or something. Is that the main um, girl, the one with the brown hair? 
or the black hair or something? Yeah, the black hair. Yeah, the, yep. one, the one that they had where she was straddling the guy in the trailer, and then she held his neck and did this stupid, goofy, Willem Dafoe-like smile. That's so dumb. But yeah, there, there's been... And there's some good stuff on Netflix. Like, I'm probably going to have to split between worst movies and best movies for my end-of-year videos that I'll be doing probably, I would say, sometime in December. Awesome. Um, Looking forward to that. You got a lot of videos uh, I know you said you got coming up. Oh, God. I got to do some with the Dur because his, NXT is pretty much his brand. He reviews that every week along mm -hmm. 205 Live. Lucky. Well, He's got the good shows. Yeah, he... he I told him, I said, because when, when they had the USA special about this time last year, mm -hmm. I think it was a couple weeks afterwards, I said, dude, do it. Just fucking do it. Have fun. Mm -hmm. And I said, keep it going. I mean, I told him, I said, you do what you want to do. But I mean, it's like, it, I said, it adds more content. You get more comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. But, oh gosh, you know, I guess we got to get into it. We can't avoid it anymore. <laughs> current WWE. Sweet uh. Christ. I don't even know what to say. I mean, I, I was thinking this week, it's so funny, because like I said, I was talking to Alexis the other day about who would be on the show this week, and I once I told her, that was before I knew. I mean, I had scheduled this show with you weeks ago. Like, we had talked about doing the show at least in the beginning of November, I reached out to you, or late last month, whatever. It Trust was me. something like that, yeah. It was something like that. It was definitely recent weeks, but of course, you can't plan this shit out. I knew that I would just be on with you for a regular random... We had even talked about, like, oh, what are we going to talk about, because... In other episodes, there's so many pay-per-views going on nowadays. Literally every episode of the show that I've done is either a preview show or a review show or fucking both. But this show isn't either because Survivor Series is in the books. TLC isn't for another couple weeks. We didn't really have much to talk about. And you were thinking maybe some best of stuff and whatever. And I said, that's a great idea. And then Raw happened. And I'm like, this is the worst Raw of all... I, I would say all year. I can't say of all time. I've seen people say that. You can speak more to that than I will, so we'll go into more detail about that in a second because uh, obviously you've watched a lot longer than I have and more so in the last couple of years. I can't even remember. There's, all the Raws blend together after a while. But then I'm thinking, okay, this Raw is atrocious. And I look at the lineup for this week, and I'm like, I, I know John's either next week or the week after. Then I saw that you were this week, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be amazing. Because I know you had a lot to say about this Raw. You were speaking in all caps on Twitter on Monday. I'm like, that's when you know this guy's fired up. That's when you know he's got a lot to say. And I'm just going to give you the mic, my friend, and speak about... I mean, you could talk about the whole WWE product, but how it kind of ties in to that absolutely atrocious edition of Monday Night Raw this past week. It it was a disaster. It, it, it's like... It's like if a lobotomized Russo was booking. Because even Russo would try to put over younger talents. And this reminded me so much of, like, and you remember this vividly, 2013 fall season of WWE. Oh, awful. Don't give me, you give me PTSD here. I, you know what? And let me tell you, it's like, it, I still have trouble. I mean, people say, oh, it worked out in the end because they wanted Daniel Bryan to go over. No, they didn't. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't. Lying. <laughs> Stop lying to yourself. Uh, it's like, it's just, what, at least with the authority, Triple H has some charisma. I'm still not the biggest fan of Triple H the wrestler. I don't, I don't think Triple H the wrestler is the greatest ever. I think he has flashes of greatness, but Bret Hart said it best. He works, he can work with the top guy, not be the top guy. Mm-hmm. But at least with the authority, okay, you had Kane, even though he was wearing corporate slacks. You had Orton. You had you had some good talent there. 
with this one, this this incarnation, and Leo, and I know Leo is talented in the ring. I think he's an annoying little gnat that needs to be squashed, <laughs> which I guess is his role. But at least he's talented in the ring. Yeah, I love Bobby Lashley, but they have have they. I can't name one talent that they have wrecked that has come back, and I'm not talking from an injury because we'll get into the injury one here in a second. Mm-hmm. But. Lashley is one of those where it's like, have they ruined a talent quicker that has come back from, like, come back from a hiatus from the company quicker than him? I know. I saw you talking about that. You mentioned that on Twitter recently, and I'm like, you make a great point. It's really, it's tough to say that because you make a great point. I'm a Bobby Lashley fan. I like the guy. I loved his Impact run. I know you weren't the close, you didn't watch Impact closely. I know you watched the show, though, and you definitely knew of his Impact run and how good of a heel he was over there. One of the few, along with myself. And it was it was good. It was good stuff. And yeah. I thought he really reinvented himself over an impact, hoping that he would bring that character to WWE. And he fell off a fucking cliff almost immediately. As soon as he got here, they turned him heel. And he's heel now, which is great. But he's bending over and showing his ass to the camera. Like, what the fuck am I watching now? He looks so uncomfortable doing it, too. Mm-hmm. He but knows he it's shit. I, yeah, and I think he has kids. I mean, like, he's probably thinking... Yeah, this is what daddy's doing. Daddy's having to for like a couple billion dollars a year or something like that. I mean, yeah. but Lashley, who won, they wrecked Lashley months ago when he beat Roman Reigns clean. At, and this is not a knock against Roman Reigns. One, hope Roman Reigns absolutely recovers 100% from leukemia. Whether he comes back to the ring or not, hopefully he recovers. I've always been critical of the character, but I'm not going to be critical of the man Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Now back to Lashley. They ruined him after that Extreme Rules match because instead of saying, hey, he beat the big dog, he's going to go (laughs) face uh, Lesnar at SummerSlam. No, they had Reigns beat him eight days later, and then Reigns faced Lesnar, and it's not even a knock against Reigns, it's a knock against creative. Mm -hmm. Lashley's push is immediately killed, any momentum he had. He wasn't on the SummerSlam card that I remember. I don't think he was. No, no, he wasn't on the show in any capacity. And then he beats up Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens needed that knee surgery and hopefully Owens recovers. I mean, I kind of hope Owens gets in a bit better shape because he had started to put on a little more weight. Not as bad as his Ring of Honor days, but hopefully he can get in better shape Mm -hmm. and he can spend more time with his family. But they did that and they did the whole thing with, with Leo. My issue is, and it's not that Leo isn't talented, but one, promos are maybe not his thing. I mean, he has the mic way too close to his mouth. He really sounds like he hasn't even hit puberty yet. <laughs> Which goes back to Elias's, you know, thing about Child Protective Services, because that was pretty funny. That was funny, but, yeah. Um, but with Lashley, they completely wrecked him. Now, he can be the silent um, antagonist and beat people up. That's what he should do, because that's what he's best at. Because if you have him cut promos in a scripted environment, you get, I love my sister's. Mm-hmm. Awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was. We talked about that actually. That was that happened just before I got on the show last. That week. is true. Yeah, we. This is good. This stays far back to when he first came back. He was fine for the first couple weeks, but that was really the turning point for Bobby Lashley when people started to boo him. And it, here's the thing: he should have come back as a heel. He should absolutely hundred percent have. Yep. I mean, it, they finally turned Elias babyface, which is great. But it's like, okay, going into it raw, you have Drew. Drew, who is this? Why is Drew not Universal Champion right now? Is mm-hmm. Brock? Oh, Brock's Drew the champion right now. You would never know because the guy's never on the yeah, show. Right, right? Yeah, you would never. Look, I know Brock's getting paid 
and to show up when he wants or when they need him and all that stuff. I'm not going to fault Brock for taking that deal. I take that fucking deal. <laughs> One of the smartest people in wrestling. In, in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, this, despite the fact he's banging a Barbie doll with Arby's meat blast for a vagina. <laughs> stable. I hate Sable. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I know. I, I know your your hate for Sable is very well documented in hilarious fashion. I, 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 too. I was very subtle until <laughs> Drew is fantastic. He should be Universal Champion right now. They were building him right. He should have. He should have been the one to beat Braun. If Braun had injuries and they didn't want to make him champion, have Drew be the one to beat him. Mm-hmm. Because they killed Braun dead at Crown Jewel. Yeah, he was he was already dead before that, but he's now he's officially dead. Yeah, I don't want to see any rematch between him and Brock, even though we know we're getting it at the Royal Rumble. Well, and the rumors are about Brock's contract is that he's only got a couple fight, you know, a couple matches. So it's like, okay, what is he going to get a big WrestleMania payday? Probably. Um, but let's let's just go back to it. Drew should be Universal Champion right now, or should be the one to take it away. If not him, Rollins. I mean, but the problem is, is Rollins feels marginalized in this feud with Ambrose. But the main point, the, the main issue I had with Raw was Corbin. Now, I thought that Corbin, 2014, early, you know, maybe even the, the beginnings of his heel run in 2015 could have been something. Like, they had something with him. Totally agree. He has not, he has not evolved his character at all. No. And creative hasn't. It was Corbin, Lashley, Drew, and Leo causing chaos, which... Heel factions are something you have to have in wrestling because you have to have it where, okay, babyfaces can overcome something. But it smacks of 2013 because none of the babyfaces came out to help anybody. Mm -hmm. They didn't come out to help Balor. They didn't come out to help Elias. And they're like, oh, they're wanting to be on Corbin's good side and stuff like that. When all evidence of the contrary shows that they don't give a shit about Corbin, they'll laugh in his face. Exactly. It makes no sense. Yeah, like you said, it makes everyone else on the roster look that much worse for not coming out to help them, which is something I don't think they think of when they book this type of shit. God, and I mean, and then it just, that really annoyed me because I'm sorry, and Corbin, of course, trying, you know, talking about all the, and he'd said on some Instagram post that WWE put up, oh, that is a big man's world, which, no, it's not. <laughs> we have Daniel Bryan as the WWE champion. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's the WWE champion. I mean, Brock, sure. But you got Tommaso Ciampa as the NXT champion. Mm-hmm. You got Nakamura, which I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Nakamura. We'll talk about that in a minute. But with so many people, so many good talents on the main roster, not everybody can be pushed all the time. Exactly. Not everybody can be pushed. But, my God, Raw was so abysmal. I mean, if you saw the review that myself and Chris did, Chris ranted about it more than I did. And I'm just like... Yeah, okay, I'm just going to sit here alone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a rarity for you, yeah, and that's, that's saying something. Well, it's a rarity because, I mean, and I, I, I assume that you heard my rants about Naya. Of course, of course, as you should. You were absolutely on the money with your uh, rants on Naya. I totally agree. Mm, I stopped short, and so basically bottom line is Raw, the main event scene, is absolute shit. Because they have no main champion. Mm-hmm. They have a wealth of talent that could be champion. They have, Drew and Rollins could be two guys that should be universal champions. <laughs> the Rollins Dean have they? Uh, they have not. I've not seen somebody or them kill somebody's momentum from an injury angle, injury return, quicker than they have with Dean. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. The, the material they're writing for him is atrocious. 
I mean, fuck, he was like, this word, I thought it was perfect that he turned on Seth the night that um, Roman had to, you know, relinquish the title. Mm-hmm. And then he attacked him, and then he was doing the promos next to the Flaming Barrel, which I don't know how that didn't melt the paint on the car. Mm-hmm. But then the next week, he's getting shots in his ass while Renee, I don't know what Renee was doing, but and I don't want to know, but, <laughs> but my God, my God, they've turned Dean into, okay, now he's a germaphobe? What? So stupid. Getting what a shot it? in the ass on live TV? So stupid. Yeah. I mean, ugh. And commentary was abysmal. You got uh, the commentary teams fighting among themselves. Like, Renee's arguing with Corey. Corey's arguing with Renee. Michael Cole is just there being the puppet that he is. Mm-hmm. And I know he's just doing his job, but Michael Cole's worn out his walking with me, like, long ago. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> but, but if commentary doesn't give a shit about the matches, why should we? Exactly. That's that's the whole point of the commentators is to get us invested in the action. And if he's unable to do that, then why the fuck should we care? I mean, and you saw how many rematch Elias and Lashley we saw before, and the women. How they booked the goddamn women. Hey, Naya, go out there and cut a promo that we're going to give you scripted. Li- Naya can't cut a good promo to save her life anyway. Mm-hmm. But I sort of had, I was like, okay, it's basic, it's stupid, but the thing with Alexa heading into Mania was sort of sympathetic, like, okay, all right, it's stupid, it's whatever, but Alexa and I are friends, or at least were at that time, I don't know if they are anymore, um, but they had, okay, they they had something going there, even though Nia was still the goddamn box machine and still is. Since then, like, Alexa got injured at some point, which I think probably had something to do with Nia because it was before Ronda got a hold of Alexa. Mm-hmm. Um, Ember Moon was off TV for a bit, if you noticed. I mean, like, you know, sometime I think in the summer. Yeah. Um, and I think that had to do with working with Nia, or it might have been the fall. Zelina got injured. Mm-hmm. You know, that when she threw her into Tamina, I mean, but then again, that could be just as much on Tamina, not knowing what the fuck she's doing. Yeah, they're both awful. I mean, but Nia now, it's like, they're leaning into this, and I get what WWE is trying to do. Okay, we're going to build up this monster heel. We have something here. No, you know what you have? You are admitting that you're giving favoritism to somebody that isn't very good. And if it wasn't for Rock the Dwayne Johnson, she would not be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really it. And that's just that's the thing that absolutely drives me absolutely batshit insane. It's a fact. People just don't want to admit it sometimes. She's just awful. If it wasn't for The Rock, she would not be where she is. She would not have been on the main roster as quickly as she was either. She was called up within 10 months. Johnny Gargano's been down there for like three years. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason <laughs> any of this shit. Well, and I mean, you know, there have been women, like Nick Cross just recently got called up, like, you know, for, uh, you know, when Sanity appeared and, oh yeah, Sanity exists. Exactly, I completely forgot. Did you know the Colognes were still under contract, though? I, I'm not even sure they knew they were still under contract. <laughs> but they know that their, dad, that their dad helped kill Bruce Brody. I know, um, exactly. And he's in the Hall of Fame, so there you go. Yeah, but, they, but, they, but they won't put... They didn't put Vader in the Hall of Fame before he passed away. I know, Just that's just <sighs> disgusting to me. And the problem is, is now they're in a dilemma with China or Vader. Which one they put in? Uh, which they would put Vader in before they put China in. Yeah, I think they'll put China in eventually. It's just a matter of time. But I think it might be another Macho Man situation. I mean, they had more reason to not put China in, even though it's a dumb reason. But I think it's only a matter of time, though. 
I, mm, I, China for her, I'll just say quickly, China for her impact as a character, I get why they would put her in, but if anybody says she should go in for her work, no, she was awful. Now, in the ring, she never had a single good match, yeah, but for her impact on the industry, at least as a women's wrestler, because there was never really a women's division back then, but the first woman to win the Intercontinental Championship to enter the Royal Rumble, her... Uh, you know, taking part, really playing a big factor in Triple H's career, whether he wants to admit it or not, I think she should be inducted for that. The big, the big stick factor, you know, since they brought out the meat at the end. Exactly. Oh, I mean, it's just, you know, I know we're getting off topic there, but with, back to the women. They had, okay, so they have Nia, they have Tamina, then they have Ronda come out, and I don't know if it was supposed to be bruising on Ronda's face, but she looked like she was suffering from liver damage. Is she okay? That looked fucking weird. Her makeup isn't always the greatest. She She's a very pretty girl. She either wears a lot of makeup or no makeup at all. So and then she had makeup on Monday. It was like she had a little, but not like enough to the point where she usually does. But she didn't have no makeup on either. And, like, I think Naya, I mean, I don't really give a shit about Naya and Tamina, but Tamina made a great point on, like, her Instagram or something. She was like, did she have eye conjunctivitis or something? Like, did she have, like, pink eye or something? Because it was weird. I don't think Tamina should be talking about how damaged women look given what her dad did to a woman and got away from though. <laughs> that's so that's true. Not fault. I know. That's not Tamina's fault. I mean, I, I can only imagine how it would be living, <laughs> knowing that your dad murdered. And I don't even think she's actually the daughter of that girlfriend. No, I, I, I don't think so either, no. Yeah, I think it's a previous relationship. But yeah, it just... They had that going on, and then it was like, okay, and then Naya and Tamina. I don't know how you could miss that Tamina was trying to surround you because she doesn't even know what she's doing. Naya, and I mean, I'm sorry, this isn't even fascinating, but it's not like Naya's hard to miss because she's not like most girls. But <laughs> then they have Natty run out. Natty's going to help Ronda. And then the Riot Squad attack Natty. So I guess that blow-off match about the sunglasses didn't mean anything. No, it meant, didn't mean shit, exactly. So you have a non-match where you have these women, you know, all, all, all these, it's like, it's like what, you know, seven women. No, yeah, seven women. Um, and you have a non-match. Then you have Ember versus Alicia. They have, boy, they have just butchered Ember Moon's character. Yeah, no one could care less about her at this point, which is atrocious. It's such a shame. And, and, well, and the thing is, Ember wasn't off to the best start as NXT Women's Champion because the only reason she won it is because Asuka had, you know, Asuka left. Yeah. Which, that, that's not Asuka's fault, but they can have Asuka present with a title, like, hey, you couldn't beat me twice, and I'm going to the main roster, but here's your title, see <laughs> yeah, I remember that at TakeOver. Yeah, that was great. And, and then she had... Yeah. Shayna has won me over, except on promos, Shayna should not talk. Please, Shayna, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, her, it, I didn't care for the first match she had with uh, Ember. Or, you know, at, at TakeOver, I think it was Philly. Yeah, Philly, yeah. I thought it was a decent yeah. match, but the, the rematch was better, I thought. The rematch was a lot better. And Sheena has improved. Sheena has improved dramatically in the ring, and I see why they're investing time in her, and I give her credit for that. But Ember had the, the limpest NXT women's title reign, except when Kyrie Sane won it for like two months and then lost it. And that's not Kyrie's fault. Um, mm-hmm. But they have not booked their champions the best since Asuka. No, no one has been as strong. I mean, Baszler had a pretty solid run, but Moon and Sane were really... They didn't hold the belt for too long at all. They were not as well-defined as Asuka was during her lengthy run as champion, I agree. Well, and I mean, and of course, Asuka and Nikki Cross had the first ever last woman standing match 
but they ignored that when they talked about you know it at Evolution with Becky and Charlotte, which was a tremendous match and probably one of my top five favorite matches. No, no, I agree. It was it was an amazing match. The TLC match coming up with Asuka involved, speaking of whom, should be great too as well. I was actually almost hoping for a, a double elimination. Oh, in the Battle Asuka Royal? <laughs> for this reason. And I don't, I don't know how many people have seen any fantasy bookings that I've done. They did a couple of fantasy booking shows for the women's division. My idea is how do you build new stars? You find a way to, it's pretty much the Heyman method, accentuate the positives, hide the weaknesses. Sonya's promos aren't great. They're decent, but with the material WWE gives, you have to be a really good talker to make anything work. I agree. See Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens or Drew McIntyre, for an example. Mm -hmm. But my idea is to build Sonya, have Sonya win the Elimination Chamber match, Mm -hmm. and then have, I mean, you know, it's a fancy movie, clearly, and then have, and then have Sonya win the SmackDown Women's title. And that's how you build a goddamn star. Yeah, because as of right now, no one um, really means anything on that show aside from Charlotte and Becky and maybe Asuka, who hasn't really meant anything in a while, but at least she's still over to an extent. Oh, well, yeah, Asuka's over. Great to put her in a barrel and put her over the goddamn waterfall. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but with Raw, the next, they had the Amber Alicia match, which meant nothing. It was just a like fixed match challenge, which I don't watch. I'm not going to watch because I just can't. No, the show the sucks. It's not good. Yeah, no. The matches mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. Oh, they win. They get they get an all expenses paid trip somewhere or whatever. I'm like, but if the team's not a couple, that's kind of bad to their like you know significant others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. They don't think um, about that type of stuff. But the thirtieth entrant in both rumbles. Okay, that's fair. That, that that that's fair. That at least gives some stakes to it. But then you have the 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 Alexa, Sasha, and Bailey Q and A thing. And, my God, it was an abridged version of This Is Your Life. I know. And she Bailey flat out said, I hope this is not another incarnation of This Is Your Life. And Alexa plays in, no, not at all. And then it's another This Is Your Life. They outright admitted how ba- how bad that segment was and then proceeded to do the exact same thing. I could not believe it. I remember seeing that. And I remember I, I, and I remember doing, like, an, when I did my end-of-year, like, videos about worst of, like, least favorite moments and that was up there where I'm just like I didn't expect them to kill Bailey's character dead so quickly yeah but I did expect it to happen mm-hmm. and Bailey and Sasha have meant nothing no this has been the worst year of their respective careers by far like then you had you had the one fan in the crowd and you know I'm doing quotations on the phone you can't see it but Ginger Snaps 2018 is what I called her um <laughs> and it's nothing against her it's just I was just like sheesh I said, I said, maybe you should have put her in a white shirt because she looked so pale already. Mm-hmm. And I and I know something about looking pale. Um, <laughs> but she, she asked a question about, uh, it's like, oh, God, Sasha says she sent Alexa back to SmackDown. Bailey, I sent her back to hell where she came from. What the fuck are you, five? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and, and, then, and then Alicia and... Mickey and Dana. Dana, who teamed with Bailey and Sasha at Starcade two days prior. I know, that's so bad. And they fucking showed it on the network, too. It's not like it was a house show. It wasn't a house show, right. it was. But they aired it on the network. They went out of their way to show that match. And the fact that Dana teamed with them, only for her to te- turn on them the very next night, what? made no sense at all. And they made no acknowledgement of it either. Right. What happened to 
of this whole thing that they were going to do with Dana and Apollo Crews, not that I thought it was much of a thing, but I'm like, you know what? Dana being outside the ring, influencing something, trying to be like Alexandra York 2.0, you know, Terry Reynolds was I mean, I know you have I know you've watched some of the older WCW uh, pay-per-views, but Terry Reynolds had a character named Alexandra York mm-hmm. where she had like a giant computer and she had like a stable where it was like, I think it was like Bobby Eaton, Terry Taylor. Oh, uh, shit. There were a couple other people in there. <laughs> I forget I forget who exactly it was because there was such a rotating cast of characters. But the whole point is, is Dana outside the ring. I'm sorry, Dana in the ring. She's not very good. She's awful. She's not as bad as Naya, but she's still pretty bad. She tries. Dana has tried. She's improved. They called her up way too soon. Yeah. Um, but those that's how you use the women's division. Like, you had Alicia lose in a match that no one cared about. I mean, I love Ember, but no one cared about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Alicia, and this was like, this is how you use the women's division? I think I was every single woman on the Raw roster, like, at least in the division, and the, well, let's see, yeah, actually, I think it was everybody, um, that isn't a backstage announcer, and I'm like, Welcome to 2018, folks. It's basically like just having run-ins in 2008. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. It's not that much better. Just no bras and panties matches and bikini contests and shit, but that doesn't make it that much good. That doesn't make it that much better. And I want to bring up a great point that you brought up to me. Um, you sent it in as a question for hashtag for this week that I just got done answering right before I called you. But you made a great right. point. As great as Evolution was, and I said this on the show that it's going to be up um, by the by the time this is up, it's already up, but it's going to be up later today as we speak. I said Evolution was the best pay-per-view of 2018. In my opinion, I went back and looked at every pay-per-view, every card, and my thoughts on it. I think Evolution, might, not including NXT, obviously, the best show for WWE in 2018. But then the whole purpose of that show was to hopefully see and take the women more seriously. But they haven't, because they're still not getting any time. And yeah, they main evented SmackDown last night. But it's worse on Raw because they have so many women that just fucking mean nothing. And the only women they're doing anything with right now, aside from Ronda, are fucking terrible. That being Nia and Tamina. They're atrocious. And I don't care about them as as championship contenders. And the whole point of Evolution was to hopefully move forward with the women as main event attractions and all this other stuff. But really, in the, you know, in the long term, it amounted to nothing. It amounted to absolutely nothing because we're in even probably in an even worse state than we were a month or two ago with the women. And it obviously just points out the fact that Evolution was just there as a make good for the fact that they weren't a part of Crown Jewel that, you know, that following Friday. So Evolution in the long run was unfortunately a failure. I mean, it could mean something if they bring it back next year. But in my opinion, the whole purpose of that pay-per-view should have been to change the perception of women's wrestling, at least in the in the eyes of the company, not the fans. And it failed because the women are barely on TV. And if they are, the matches are atrocious and they mean nothing. I mean, and I totally agree with you. Like, as far as main roster pay-per-views, this is taking in the Saudi Arabia show, Super Showdown, all those. Yes, Evolution was the best show that they put on. I do not expect TLC to eclipse it. Now, I mean, I think that the three-way for in the TLC match, the three-way TLC for the women, could be one of the best matches of the year, possibly. Um, but yeah, Evolution, and I even, I, I'm not fond of giving credit to Nikki Bella, even though I agree with your perspective, or your take, that she has improved. I'm not fond of her. But that match with Ronda was pretty good. It was one of the better I matches could've... in the, I mean, yeah, it wasn't the match of the, sh- you know, the show, uh, the match of the night or anything. Like we said, I think Becky and, um, 
Charlotte had a much better match. I thought that was the match of the night. And like you said, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm not a Nikki Bella fan at all. But she has gotten better, and the Ronda match was better than I had any right to be. So I'll give them that. I will say, though, I could have done without the Twin Magic stuff. Or not, well, I mean, yeah, Twin Magic, but Brie interfering because Brie, Brie has no business being in the ring anymore. I mean, she ne- never had any business anyway being in the ring. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, people may remember. It, it, because I know that there are some people that were like, oh, hey, you're going to be on the show. We'll make sure to tune in. I'm like, we'll tune in every week to his show. But also, yeah. they remember my... They remember my Brie Bella rant where I just, you know, the course of the dirt broke out the hand puppets mm-hmm. because that's the only way that he could add that he could add levity to it. <laughs> <laughs> I I recognize that Brie probably felt horrible. I don't know if Liv blamed her, and I mean I don't really care if she did. Ultimately, Liv has recovered, and that's great. I don't know if it was inadvertent or if it or if Brie's just that careless, which she probably is careless, but. Uh, it just, I watched that and I'm like, why is she in the ring? Oh, she had a kid. She's this or that. Then don't get in the ring if you're not ready. Mm-hmm. Maurice got in the ring and didn't do all that much. And good for her. Good on, good on those women for showing that you could get back in the ring after having a kid and do well. Mickey James. Mickey James and Nick Aldis have a kid, I think. Um,. And Nikki's done tremendously well. Nikki moves just as well as she did in 2005, 2006. Because mm-hmm. she's a natural. She's a great athlete. She respects wrestling. The Bellas, I always, I have this just impression that they're only doing it now because everybody's paying them. Definitely. I, I, I mean, and do I fault them? No. They should take the money. They should do what they can. But Nikki did bust her neck up. I felt bad for Nikki finding out that her, you know, when I watched, when I used to watch Total Divas, I didn't realize her neck was that bad. But then don't give her the title for that long and have her break AJ's record and give her all this heat that killed the division dead and it took Charlotte and Becky and others feuding, ignoring the paid Charlotte feud and hanging in the Survivor Series three years ago because that was awful. Because of the Reed storyline. But anyway, taking <laughs> yeah. no, taking all that into it, it took till Mania 32, like seven months later, for that to be better. Mm-hmm. And then women's wrestling started being taken more seriously. But like you said about going back to what you said about Evolution, they weren't even, I don't even think the women were that on the show all that much for the Raw or the SmackDown before Crown Jewel. No, not really. The build of the show is atrocious. Yet it was the best show, one of the best shows they've done all year, which is just blows my mind. I here's the thing: I knew the women would work damn hard and do well, even the women I didn't care for. I didn't think, uh, you know, Tamina and Nia would botch that whole thing with Zelina. I mean, Zelina only being about ninety pounds, you probably need to protect her pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. It's not burying Zelina, but compared to, I mean, well, then again, pretty much every woman is tiny compared to Nia and Tamina, but. <laughs> and she wasn't but yeah the, now it's like you had the you had the women's you had the women's five on five elimination match and you, they changed it the day of Daddy and Ruby were out of the goddamn match and Sasha and Bailey were in there and I'm like Okay, I mean, I love Natty. I mean, Natty creatively, I think, is pretty much in the spot she's in. I don't think she's going to have another championship run, which is unfortunate because her talent dictates she should. <laughs> but Natty's where she's at. She's, like, in her dad's role. I mean, you know, R.I.P. to Jim Neidhart. But I'm just saying, as far as, like, being in a glorified enhancement talent, mm-hmm. 
he's there to have some good views and put some pe- win some, but put some people over, man. Yeah, exactly. Ruby, Ruby deserved that chance and didn't get it. And I'm like, I, lo- and, I mean, you know, it's like I'm a fan of Ruby. I mean, I think Ruby's pretty damn good. She was great as Heidi Lovelace. I managed to find some footage of her on YouTube, and I'm like, she was great then, and she's great now. Mm-hmm. But my God. They took her off of that, and they put Sasha and Bailey in there, and then Naomi, the captain of Team SmackDown, got eliminated first by Tamina, of all people. So bad. Naomi, Naomi, two-time uh, SmackDown Women's Champion and the winner of the <coughs> WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal match, which I have to keep reminding myself of that. <laughs> I was going to say, how much did that mean in retrospect? I like Naomi, but she has done nothing since she lost the championship about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was like Summer Slam 2017. So yeah, I mean it was like year and a, it's like year and a quarter, year and a quarter yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever. It feels like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's how long these like, shows are. Yeah, for Raw, it's like that was the thing. It's like just watching Raw, I'm like, okay, you have all the, the AOP stuff. I was gonna say yeah. we can't we can't talk about Raw. I'm surprised it took you this long to mention this, but this was what really pissed me off. No more, no pun intended, more than anything else on Raw this week. God. It was the number one thing I hated about this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pun intended for me. But I love Drake Maverick. He was great as Rockstar Spud. He took every bit of comedy bullshit that Dixie Carter heaped on him, and he made the most out of it. Him and EC3 were a dynamite comedy duo. Yep. Um, AOP, I'm not the biggest fan of them. Um, but they're good. They're good monsters. They're never going to be great technicians. They're never even going to be adequate technicians. They're mm-hmm. going to be brawlers. I love Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, by the way, I believe still the longest reigning TNA world champion or Impact world champion in history. I think so, too. I don't think anyone's broken that record in the last couple of years. I think you're right. And he has, and and he is now being distracted by somebody pissing on a robe of his. (laughs) Even more recently than that, the guy was one of the longer reigning NXT champions in recent memory, holding the championship for seven months. And then this yeah. shit happens. Yeah, and I mean, when he got called up as a babyface to the main roster, I'm like, okay. It was all what? downhill from there, yeah. It, I was like, and he was U.S. champion for three months. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was like two months. Yeah, he dropped the belt to Orton at Fastlane, and no one gave a fuck. It was, I, his whole main roster run has been a massive failure. It's such a shame. He wanted a TLC 2017 and then dropped it fast. So I think it was three. Well, it might have actually been less than three months. No, he actually, I think he won it. He won it on SmackDown, I'm sure. I think because Ziggler won it at TLC or what it was, or Clash of Champions, whatever the fuck it was. And then he lost it. Uh, Clash of Champions, Clash of Champions. Corbin won it in October and then dropped it. Yes. To a Clash of Champions. That's what, boy. WWE's got to stick to a schedule here because nobody can keep these pay-per-views straight. I know. they moved, that, TLC was December. They moved it to October. Now it's back in December. It's so confusing. And just, <laughs> I I saw this and I'm like, it's like, and I hate, and, and, you know, I hate to keep mentioning just stuff about the reviews, but uh, Derb, when he mentioned, you want to be Attitude Era back? Well, you get it. Here's all the bad stuff also with it, like the pimp <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, Credit to Drake, he is doing everything he can with it. But my fucking Christ. Uh, and Chad Gable, one of the best pure athletes they have. Period. Mm-hmm. Fucking period. And I mean, Bobby Roode, who is an incredible talent still. Yeah. AOP. 
AOP is playing second fiddle to piss jokes. Ridiculous. They, the, the tag titles mean absolutely nothing. No, and they haven't all year either. Well, I mean, fucking Christ, when you had Bray and Matt as champions, then they gave them to the B team, and... Yeah, I've had my disdain for the B team for a bit. I have too. That was such a waste. Even Bray and Matt, I liked the duo. I liked them as a team, but they had no character evolution whatsoever. They faced the fucking Ascension every single week, for God's sakes. Oh, no. Oh, remember how Gable and Rude had that feud with the Ascension forever? Oh, no. Yeah, don't remind me. Finn Balor and Mahal had their never-ending feud, and now it's fucking Ziggler and Rollins, and it never ends, and Natalya and Ruby Ryan never ends. This is what I'm saying. With the, the, the repetitive matches are as big of a problem as any with Raw nowadays. It's ridiculous. You know, really quickly, I do, I do want to say, because I, we didn't get to talk about this because I haven't been on the show since, but uh, you know I was at the Raw in Seattle, right? Yeah, a couple couple months ago, yeah. not too long ago, yeah. right? Yeah, like the beginning of uh, the beginning of October, right before Super Showdown. It was Go Home Show for Super Showdown. And mm-hmm. So I can tell you firsthand just how loud the boos were when Elias and Owens mentioned the Seattle Supersonics. Oh, yeah, I, re- I forgot you were there for that. Yep, I do remember that, yep. It was freaking, it was, it was almost shaking the walls just how loud it was. Yeah. I'm laughing. I never gave a shit about the Sonics. I never did. But um, <laughs> I just laughed because I'm just, <laughs> they're having to yell at each other. They're, they're like a foot away from each other. They're having to yell. Like, but Elias, the instant they showed him on camera, I go, oh, he knew. He knew. Yeah. He fucking and knew. And then he turned to face like two weeks later. Yep. Um, but. That was so great. That's one thing where I like being in live stuff, like at live shows. Mm-hmm. And we'll go into indie shows maybe a little bit later if you want. But um, with Raw, that piss stuff, everything about it was just so boring and abysmal. And worst Raw of all time? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if this cracked the top ten of worst Raws ever. Yeah. Well, because I sat through 1995. I was going to say, it cannot be the worst Raw ever. People got to slow down here. It's easily the worst Raw of the year. I'm not debating that, but it cannot be the worst Raw ever. It might be one of the worst Raw of the last couple years. I mean, I don't remember too many in 2017 being much worse than this. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, yeah. Um, Except maybe the Bailey This Is Your Life segment, uh, Mm -hmm. that episode. That was pretty bad. Um, Lashley's Sisters. I I think I've handed out more F grades for Raw reviews this year than in the last couple. Yeah, it's Raw's um, been very bad since at least April, since the Superstar shakeup. I would say that much. And here's the thing. People are like, oh, you want SmackDown to be better. You have all these talents that you aren't utilizing, and you have the same repetitive matches, and you wonder why the ratings are, like, below 2.0. Mm-hmm. And it's just... And then you go to SmackDown, which, by the way, Raw needs to stop recapping everything. Everything. Like, you you, you like, get a recap every hour on the hour for something you saw five minutes ago. Yeah, and it's like, it was it was just this, it was like 30 minutes of recaps at least. I mean, like, and I might be exaggerating, but it felt like that. But mm-hmm. SmackDown even had a bunch of recaps. So SmackDown with three matches did better than Raw did with six or seven, I think. Something yeah, like something like that, yeah. The women's match was pretty good. It was what it was. I... I don't know what they're doing with Selena, but you got to build her up. But Lana, Lana does not belong in the goddamn ring. She doesn't. She's not good. She tries, but she's not good. Uh, yeah, she's not. Carmella does not. Car- I was really, really critical of Carmella's title reign 
which may shock some people, mm-hmm. it, it, because I was so subtle on Twitter about it. Mm-hmm. I, I actually lost a friend over it. Uh, <laughs> because, hey, you can't, can't uh, lie, it was pretty bad. Yeah, well, no, I mean, the, the, whole idea, the whole reason that I lost that friend over it is because no one could criticize their favorites, but they could criticize everyone else's favorites. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Carmella was really bad. And it wasn't that Carmella didn't try. It's just she wasn't up to snuff. And none of the the Iconics, and I know you said the stuff about the Iconics. I, I'm not their biggest fan. If they booked them better, they would get better heat. I agree. And they don't. They have meant nothing on the main roster. They didn't even mean that much in NXT for the last few months because they had to go get enhancement surgery. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I hope that was their... I'm just going to say this much really quick. I really hope that every woman on, on, in WWE, if they're in NXT, the main roster, whatever, that it is their choice if they decide to do that stuff to their bodies. Mm-hmm. Because if the company is forcing them to do it, then that company needs to be held liable for put, pretty much putting poison in. Yep. I mean, you have Charlotte. Charlotte looks like she's hoarding two water balloons, for God's sake. <laughs> and nothing against Charlotte. I mean, she's not my cup of tea. Um, but I can see why some you know guys, and statistically some women, like her. But seriously, it's like I don't want women to look like their boobs are constantly floating in a hot tub. Mm-hmm. I mean, but really, like, like the Iconics, they're so much better than what they've been given. Peyton was, I believe, trained by Lance Storm. I think Billy Kay has something. I think she has size and the ability. But, yeah, she, they mean nothing. Naomi, I'm surprised Naomi lasted as long as she did in the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. And Rose, I, Mandy has... Something. It's just not up to what they need her to be. She is better than she looks. Because she looks like a Trish Stratus 2.0. She does, and she sounds... I mean, Alexa Bliss sounds more like Trish than uh, Mandy does. But yeah, she looks like her, and she she has the raw ability, but it needs more development before she can be pushed at the level that you know they probably want her to push her at. Same thing with Sonya. I think Sonya's honestly better off than Mandy, but that's my personal opinion. Well, and the thing, well, see, the thing is, is like they've been teasing this whole thing with Sonya and Mandy splitting up, splitting up, whatever. And I don't really give, I don't really give a shit if they do it, do what they want. Um, but Sonya, to me, is the breakout star. Is it going to take time with her? Yeah, she's only in her like I think approaching her mid twenties. I think she's twenty three, twenty four. Um, she's twenty four right now, but. Um, and it's not even about youth because I mean, look at Tony Storm. I mean, she's what twenty two, and like, how good is she in the ring? Yeah, she's excellent. Exactly. Yeah. Age has very little to do uh, with it, especially nowadays. Well, especially when they start so young, especially in the UK and stuff like that. Yeah, Paige is an um, example too. Yeah. But you, you know, the the current WWE product just it, it hurts. If I wasn't reviewing it every week from the YouTube channel. Because I took breaks in 2013, 2014, even a bit of the end of, like, the end of the year. But, mm-hmm. you know, 2013, 2014, even 2015. Um, because it was all the same TV. And nothing has changed in three years. Nothing has changed. I mean, some stuff, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. That's, like, this company's motto. And you got Alexa, who's now in charge of the women's division. Because apparently they looked at what Brooke Hogan did in charge of the knockouts and said, yeah, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. That was awful. I remember those days of TNA. I mean, Alexa Bliss, I think, could do better in the role than Brooke Hogan, clearly, but it, it, it keeps her on TV for now until she's hopefully cleared again and compete, but it's it's we need less heel authority figures. I just got done talking about this on Hashtag, but like, what does Raw need to be better? It's not a quick fix. It's not going to go back to being a musty show every week starting next Monday. But, like, less heel authority figures, less focus on the bullshit. Like you said, less sports entertainment, Attitude Era-esque bullshit with the PP stuff and all that other garbage. Um, more focus on the women. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. More focus on the tag teams. More compelling feuds. Less repetitive matches. There's a lot of stuff they need to focus on before Raw can be rebuilt and back, back to the level that it should be at. Considering it's their flagship show, it's pretty bad when you have Raw sweep SmackDown six to one or six no whatever you want to consider it to be because they didn't they didn't count the one on the kickoff show. When it, it's pretty bad when you have Raw sweep SmackDown and then Raw is as bad as it is because what does that say about SmackDown? And then SmackDown gives no shit the following Tuesday and do nothing to you know redeem themselves type thing. I mean, and what what absolutely just drives me nuts with it is I mean you know and I watched. I've watched wrestling since 85. I watched it years before Raw was ever a thing. I remember watching some of the NWA when it was on TBS and stuff like that. <laughs> um, before Crockett decided to buy all those territories and, you know, assume all that stuff and spend himself into a hole. And then Turner bought it <clears throat> and put Jim Hurd in charge. And you're watching some of the Jim Hurd era. And I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> um, even though, and I, I do want to put over, I really like the uh, reviews you're doing of the NWA WCW pay-per-views. Thank you. Yeah, they're good shows. They're getting better. Like you, I know you left a comment in the last video. I didn't have a chance to respond yet, but I mean, they some of these shows are really they're getting a lot better. Some of those early Starcades, I mean, they're they're historic and like they're significant for historical purposes. They don't have some of the greatest matches or moments and stuff. These more recent ones, like with Flair and Funk. With um, you know, Flair and Steamboat, a lot of the uh, Great American Bash Starcade pay-per-views have been really, really good. And I, I appreciate your input because everything that you tell me through Twitter and on YouTube really helps put things in perspective with the shows and helps them make more sense in the process, too. Well, and the thing is, see, Cornette, if you ever get a chance, <laughs> I think it's Arcadian Vanguard. And they're long clips, but Cornette and his co-hosts go into deep dives of, like, some of the Great American Bash tours. Like, of, I think, 80, I don't think they've done 86, but they did 87, 88, 89, and 89 is the one that you just reviewed recently. Because Jim Hurd, because George Scott, like, for the Clash of Champions, where it was Steamboat and Flair in that two out of three balls match in the Superdome, where yep. there were, like, five or six grand in a 70,000-seat stadium, because mm-hmm. they didn't promote it. That was a great match. They had a great series of matches. The reason that people were so fired up about that Great American Bash show is because they gave them something they hadn't seen. Ric Flair, the injury angle that they wrote him off with at, you know, at Wrestle War and all that, which the Wrestle War was an interesting show, even though I think that was when the Iron Sheik was on and the Iron Sheik should have been in the ring in 89. But, um, hey... Flair is, that was an example of giving the fans something they could root for, and that's what WWE is not doing. Mm-hmm. No one means anything. Seth Rollins, I love Seth, but this feud with Dean, I'm already dreading it. Yeah, it's quickly going downhill with the, the, the bullshit that they're writing for Dean Ambrose. Uh, and that kind of brings us full circle, right? But, you know, SmackDown, SmackDown isn't a shit ton better, let's be honest, because I don't give two shits about Randy Orton or uh, Ray. 
the feud they mean. The feud I mean. I love Ray. Orton I tolerate, even though Orton's very good. I think Orton hasn't given his chips since 2013. <laughs> he phones well, it in more often than that, that. I do agree, yeah. Well, outside of that one RKO, the greatest RKO that he ever hit on Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31, where he was so happy with himself that he forgot, oh yeah, I need to cover the guy. <laughs> mm-hmm, that was classic. My favorite RKO, and as you had said, I would, I would argue the greatest RKO of all time, too. I still say that Diamond Cutter was better, only because I think... Um, DDP pulled out more variations. It's not that Orton isn't innovative. Um, but Orton, to me, is a lot like the British Bulldog. He's so good that he can coast and still get by plenty good because he's just goddamn natural. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, Davey, I mean, it's great. If he, if he hadn't suffered that back injury in Fall Brawl 98, he probably could still have been teaming up even with his son in the late the early 2000s but unfortunately that happened and then Davey died but some are just natural at it that they can just coast but Ray Ray's actually one where it's like they've already made him feel like just another superstar yeah since I being mean, back yeah, they haven't done a ton with him yeah I mean I thought they would put him with Nakamura for the US title but Nakamura's another guy they're really not doing much with now at all but I mean well fuck I mean I don't know, and, and I saw, I, I listened to a clip um, talking about if Nakamura was going to go back to Japan, a clip from your uh, radio show, I believe it was last week, you talked yep. about it. Yeah, I think a week or two ago, yeah, okay. I think it might have been last week, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I don't remember when I wake up in the morning, so stuff could just blend me together. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do remember hearing him, but I don't know if he's going to go back. If they give him comparable money, the problem is, is maybe he doesn't want to beat his body up doing this strong style. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. he's making good enough money that he wants to stay. If he's happy with what they're doing with him, great. I don't know why he would be, but whatever. Because from nearly a year, 10 months ago, he won the Royal Rumble. What the fuck have they done with him since? Yeah, absolutely nothing. And giving him the United States Championship clearly didn't help either, because now he's on TV less than he was before, which is it just I can't I, believe that. I mean, granted, him beating Jeff didn't bother me, but yeah, he's had he had that match on crown, the Crown Jewel kickoff announced the day before with Rusev, and yeah, Crown Jewel. I just that show. <laughs> Your review is amazing. I think, I don't know if we I, tweeted you this, but we actually, I went to a Rhode Island Comic Con with Alexis a couple weeks ago, earlier this month, it was the Sunday after Crown Jewel, and we watched the right. review on the way there, and it was amazing, and we watched it, I think maybe that Friday at work or whatever when we were on our break, and we both loved it, we both loved, we watched Loving Your Rant-Filled Reviews, because they're so honest, and real honesty with John Ritland, I mean, you put it in the title of your of your channel, but so honest, blunt, right to the point, and you pull no punches, and we thoroughly enjoy the content. I've told you that every single time, but I will continue to tell you that because it's the truth. I mean, I mean, I do appreciate that. that. That's why I named the channel what I did because <laughs> yeah. there are certain things I try to stay away from, like unless it's about Lex Luger, and then I'll just basically say that when Lex Luger does happen to, you know, finally kick the bucket, I'm going to say, well, he can burn in hell for what he did to Miss Elizabeth, and mm-hmm. I would say that to him, because <laughs> he he never he never admitted that he was abusive towards her in his tell-all book, which wasn't a tell-all book, but I do admit that Lex had some good matches with some people, but anyway, <laughs> about the rants, when I when I did that one, that was actually the day I was going to go watch Spuria a little bit later. Okay. Um, 
So I actually went down uh, to the Derv's house and briefly uploaded it because he's got, like, super fast internet mm-hmm. um, because he works really hard and can afford that. But, <laughs> but he, um, you know, doing that, it's like I was amazed to see just how many how many views I got. Like, I think that's the second highest viewed wrestling pay-per-view review I've ever gotten. Yeah, it blew up. Mania. I saw that. Yeah, it blew up. Yeah. Yeah, Mania was... Mania 34, I mean, Chris never by that because it was 1,500 views now. Mm-hmm. They were just like, what? That's <laughs> but, crazy. Uh, it was. Well, I mean, and the thing about Crown Jewel is like, until... Until... The Shane Dolph fiasco, the paper, the pay per viewers special show or whatever you want to call it, was okay. It's a C, a C minus. It's not great, but it's passable. And then Shane wins the best in the world, and then it starts to go to shit. And then Brock beats Braun in like five, you know, in like three minutes with three yeah. F fives or five F fives. Um, and then you have the Brothers of Destruction versus DX, which I. I really hope the blood money is worth it to Sean because that was ridiculous. That was just bad. The match sucked. It was, it was really uh, bad. And it went on forever. It was like the one at Super Showdown with Triple H and Undertaker. Like, why did this need to be 28 minutes? Yeah, it lasted eons. It was. It just could not end. It just was a never-ending match. And that's actually my issue with WWE where they're saying, you know, WWE criticized WCW for relying on older stars. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is WWE doing now? Exactly, doing the exact same thing. And that's another big problem with this product that they obviously need to work on going forward. I mean, because when they're not there, they spend so much time building up that shit at Super Showdown and Crown Jewel, they haven't been on the show since. So why the fuck should I care? And we're not probably going to see them again until Rumble or WrestleMania season. And you can't just wait until WrestleMania season for the product to improve. Like, oh, you know, it's going to be a lot better when WrestleMania comes around. I don't think it will. I think Raw will be every much as shit as it is now if they don't get their shit together and start focusing on people who matter. Well, no, and you're right. And I mean, it's like, and, and think about it. Think about it with, with you know, the Royal Rumble to Mania. Okay. So Triple H may not be able to compete at Mania because he tore his back. I mean, I think he will probably be back by February because, um, you know, he he trains hard. He clearly has nothing. He, he clearly obeys all the wellness policies. <laughs> I mean, because 2002 was evidence of, uh, okay, well, 2002 didn't really have a wellness thing, but... Yeah, know, I know what you mean, but, yeah. Um, not that he's the only one, gender, but <laughs> mm-hmm. he's... Hopefully Triple H can come back, because you know what, that teased, um, Batista, Triple H, you know, blow-off thing, I would watch that. That's how you use uh, two veterans. Mm-hmm. I would watch that match. But, like, unless it is going to be, like, uh, unless... Like, if Orton's going to put somebody over at Mania, I mean, I know Orton isn't as old as Triple H or Batista, but Orton's got to be on his way out soon. I would imagine so. I'd be surprised if he wasn't toning it down in the next couple of years because he's still on TV pretty regularly for a guy that's been around for 16 years. That's a long time. Well, and I mean, and you got to think about it. He's, he even said that he was, rest, that he was, um, he didn't want to wrestle till 40. Yeah. You know, so, I don't even know what the heck the deal is. And how old is he now? He's he's nine months young. He's nine months older than man, so he'll be 39 in April. Oh, he'll wow, yeah. January. I could definitely um, see him toning it down in the near future, though, yeah. 
Well, he even asked for a reduced schedule. I don't even think he's working as many house shows. I mean, he had a number of months off before he came back. And I mean, I just, yep. I just, they need if they don't build up these newer stars. And yes, there are a lot of there are a lot of indie stars that have a lot of miles on them. I don't know if Owens and Zane are going to be wrestling past forty. I mean, I think they're in their you know early to mid thirties now. I think they're getting closer to mid thirties, but. They've got some miles left. Rollins has some miles left. Ambrose, I don't even... Ambrose is one I don't think he's going to wrestle past 36, 37. I'd be shocked, yeah. I mean, well, I don't even know how old he is now. But um, I, if he... Because he talked about on Chronicle how his body's broken down. Mm-hmm. WWE's in a bad state heading into the next... <laughs> or after the next few years are in a bad state. They're not going to be able to rely on guys like Batista and The Rock Oh God! What if the what if the rumors are of The Rock beating uh, Brock Lesnar for the title of Mania are true? Oh God! God, I hope not. Yeah. I mean, you know they would do it though. I know exactly. Have, I'm fearful that they will. Yeah, they, that's the problem. But WWE's in a bad state because after these next TV contracts, which I think are five years, I think the USA Network one is five years, and I know the Fox one's five years. So that takes them to 2024. They're gonna have to really improve the product dramatically for other networks to buy them possibly. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if USA Network's going to want to keep them after five more years. Um, I'd be surprised. If, are, if this is the shit they're di- I, dishing out, I'd be surprised, to be honest. I mean, I know ratings aren't everything to WWE. I mean, yeah, their stock price has fallen some, but it's still way higher than it was even at the beginning of the year. And mm-hmm. their advertisers are happy, except when Snickers talks about Fabulous Moolah being included. <laughs> um that's a whole goddamn rant for another day, but fuck. Yeah, Fabulous Mula, she pimped out all a bunch of her women and held a bunch of women down and did all that stuff and screwed over Wendy Richter with the help of Vince McMahon at uh, WrestleMania 2. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Jesus. Awful. Anyway. Um, yeah, and like a 90-second match. Jeez. Yeah, how dare Wendy want to go over the uh, <laughs> uh, contract with her lawyers and stuff like that. So she's not getting screwed over. Especially back then when women were not getting paid all that well. Yeah. Um, but the, the current, like, you know, because the, there's space between those TV contracts. The USA contract, I think, kicks in either in January or February. It's one of the two. I think it's, I think it's February. Mm. But then you have the Fox contract that kicks in in October of next year. That's an eight-month gap. In five years, which who knows what the fuck's going to happen in five years, um, they're going to be in a bad state if they don't work on improving and making sure the new stars are ready. Mm-hmm. You can't just slop it out. You can't just create new stars or just say, hey, we're suddenly going to de-push these people and this kind of stuff. Build it up gradually. There are people they can use. There are people they can use well. But they aren't building stars like in New Japan. Is an example. Yep. And even New Japan has its problems, like employing Michael Ogan still. Yeah, that piece of shit, exactly. Well, okay, so you do know about all the controversy around him. I, I do, sure. yeah. I was never a big fan of his anyway, but then I found out about that, I'm like, yeah, that makes complete sense. The guy's a piece of shit. He always he always just looked like he was that scuzzy type, and I mean, he, he has good power, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And, they're having him team with Jeff Cobb in World Tag League, uh, former Met- or current Matanza and Lucha Underground. Wait, yeah, Jeff Cobb. Yeah, he's in Ring of Honor too now. 
Well, no, I know he's in Ring of Honor. Um, I actually, uh, yeah, poor Jeff Cobb. I actually got to meet him at an indie show. I saw that picture. I was going to reply to that tweet. I forgot. I saw you with a picture of, of of him, and he was. Didn't you hold a championship that he held at the time, or something like that? It, it, it was the Ring of Honor title, the PWG title, and I don't remember the other title that it was. He had three championships at the time. That's pretty um, fucking cool. And uh, and I posted one of or and Derb posted one because we went to the same show. <laughs> Derb Derb's showing up, putting all the championships on one arm. I'm having to do it on two arms. I'm like, oh god, these are heavy. <laughs> and Cobb said, yeah, man. It's, he's like, yeah, you know, carried these in the, in the carry on bag. And this guy said, yeah, you, know, you would have to be a pretty big, strong lad to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he was really cool. Actually, I I talked about this one. Or I talked about briefly with this one match that he had against Hiroki Goto and the G1 special in San Francisco in July. And I said, uh, I, I said, I don't remember the exact reaction, but I remember some people were like, you know, they were 50, 50 on it. But I said, I really enjoyed the match. And it seemed like others did too, mm-hmm. because I like how it was a classic big lads just hitting each other. And he yeah. said, yeah, he hits pretty hard. I go, yeah, I imagine a lot of the Japanese guys hit pretty damn hard. Oh yeah. No, that, that should be expected. That's cool. I got to talk to him now. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, Cobb is really down to earth. Really, Derb's taller than him, though. Derb, I think, is six one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, but Cobb, uh, he wrestled. He wrestled with any guy by the name of Brody King. I don't know if you've heard of his name, but um, I might have. He, that sounds somewhat familiar. Yeah. Brody, yeah, Brody's like I think he's like six eight. He's like six eight, three hundred something, and Cobb's just throwing him around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck. Um, but yeah, actually, yeah, well, I mean, it's you want to still talk about Raw and SmackDown or you want to talk about indie stuff? Well, I was going to say we can wrap it up there. We were only going to go about an hour. We just went an hour 20. That's good, though. That's that's great. I'm glad we were able to include that stuff because they wanted to talk some indie stuff with you, so I'm glad you uh, you mentioned that. I, I got everything off my chest about Raw. That show was just fucking atrocious. Less said about it, the better. We had to get it We had to get it off our chest. I'm glad you ranted about it. I'm glad you uh, told the truth. You had your real honesty about uh, Monday Night Raw. And no one can say it better than you did, my man. But I'm glad I got you on the show here to talk about all this shit, all this shit at just the perfect time, too. Because, like I said, I mean, it would be it'd be cool if you were on next week or last week, you know, to talk about whatever. But I have never seen that quite of a reaction to Raw ever before. Yeah. Um, about how bad it was. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody said that I'm either not going to watch anymore, or that was the worst Raw of 2018, or both. And I knew I had to have you on to talk all about it. But is there any other uh, last-minute things you want to bring up? Or, of course, your videos coming up and anything you have coming up on the channel in the near future? Um, really, besides some movie reviews, I mean, I might have one about the possession of Hannah Grace up, probably, which, I mean, you know, bad horror, so I have to go watch it. <laughs> but there's that. I'll probably have some end-of-year movie stuff and some more end-of-year stuff. There's going to be the typical weekly reviews. I might have another rant about the current WWE product at some point, but I might have the herbs in on that one. Um, really, you know, it's just wrapping up stuff for the end of the year. It has not been the worst year in WWE, but it's probably been the most disappointing because they have all these talents and all this money and all this and all this stuff, and creative is doing nothing with them. New Japan has exploded. There's been some great matches there. I got to go to a bunch of indie shows. I got to be Tony Storm. That is really cool. I mean, I gotta be her. I gotta be Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. Trent, uh, you know his fancy mustache was going to get more merch. Stopped and looked at the Derbs mustache. And was like, hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. That that's that's a cool crossover right there. Yeah, I got to meet Taya Valkyrie. You know John mm-hmm. Morrison's uh, wife. Mm-hmm. She was really cool. Um, there's just a lot of good stuff. It's like, 
and I got to meet Priscilla Kelly, and I don't even know if I told you about this, but there's a show without a cause, um, Cobra Moon, she, uh, you know, on Lucha Underground. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, uh, Thunder Rosa, she, she, that's who she is on the indies, and she did, <laughs> I'll, I'll go to Without a Cause WA, um, after you've done listening to this on um, Twitter, and find their show, A Seat at the Table, find the link for their show. Go to the 46-minute mark because you're going to see Thunder Rosa pull me up and be part of her entrance, mm-hmm. her dancing entrance. And I, I'm a white guy that can't dance, and it's hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, Graham, actually, check that out if you can, uh, without a cause WA, then you'll, you'll see what I mean. But it was a fun show, but the indies are exploding. I'm really happy where the indies are going. I hope that WWE realizes that some talents may get frustrated and leave even with the big money. There's a lot of good stuff going mm-hmm. on. There's some bad shit, like Raw. But it's not all shit, but I can see on the horizon WWE is going to have problems if they don't work hard at trying to fix this stuff. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, they're going to drive fans away. They're going to do what WCW did, only more spectacularly. Exactly. WWE said, it, WWE said it to succeed, but NXT UK, NXT, they might even do an NXT Australia. They can't have all these brands everywhere because NXT costs, what, 32 something million dollars and grossed like you know six seven million or something like that mm-hmm. it was like that much of a loss but they can write it off because they're making money exactly that's why they think they can get away with it, and that's the big problem with the company right now they really need they, they they need to create one they need to fire kevin dunn um immediately <laughs> mm-hmm. but kevin dunn i ranch enough about him as it is but yeah no it's always been, it's always a great chat on here. It's, it's great stuff. Check out those guys' stuff. I mean, especially your YouTube channel. I love the retro reviews you do um, and the current reviews. But, yeah, it's a blast being on the show. Um, you know, even if, even if like, the product isn't all that good, the, the chats just fly by. I was going to say, even that time, sometimes it makes it even more fun. I can't imagine a time where I've had you here on the show where the product has been great. And at that point, it's like, you know, we can praise stuff, but it's called the Wrestle Rant Radio for a reason. I tweeted about it earlier today when you tweeted about being on the show that uh, you put the rant and Wrestle Rant Radio, which is why it's always an awesome time having you here on the show every few months to talk about the worst of the worst in WWE. But at the end of the day, we love this shit. Like you said, indie scene could not be hotter right now. NXT is great. NXT UK is great. SmackDown isn't all that bad at the moment. So there are things to like in the world of wrestling, specifically WWE. Glad we got to cover everything. And like I had mentioned, always great having you here on the show, but your content's amazing too. Um, check out the movie reviews. I love those. The reviews of the retro stuff, the lists, the reviews of Raw and SmackDown. You getting real candid about Raw and SmackDown is always amazing. So people can check that out with real honesty with John Ritland. Of course, your Twitter machine is at Reborn Again. Anything else to plug for the people? You know, honestly, besides watching Graham's stuff here, I mean, really just check out the Derbs content at, at the, the underscore Derbnator. Check out his 205 Live NXT reviews. And just check out the, the co-branded stuff that we do because we got a lot of uh, end-of-year stuff coming and we're going to really fire up for 2019 because I got a feeling that some of this stuff is going to get worse before it gets better. No, I agree. I was going to say the Derb is awesome too, but yeah, it's definitely going to get uh, definitely going to get worse before it gets better. So shout out to you guys for the awesome content you guys put up on your channel. Can't wait to check out more of it. But uh, yeah, thanks, John, as always, for joining me here on the show. Always an amazing time, my man. Oh, Graham, it's a blast. Hey, have a, good, have a good day, all right? You too, you too. And if I don't talk to you before Christmas, enjoy the holidays as well. Oh, you enjoy your holidays as well, man. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. I'll catch you down the road. All 
right. Peace. And on that note, guys, you can check out more episodes of WrestleRant Radio on iTunes. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, you also get every archived episode on iTunes dating back to the show's debut in October of 2013. Over five years worth of content, including every episode I've had with John, Alexis, and every other great guest and co-host I've had in the history of Russell Rant Radio. So on that note, folks, more to come next week here on the show, Breaking Down Raw, SmackDown. Hopefully we have more positive things to talk about with whatever guests they have up, I end up having here on the show. In the meantime, guys, I'm Graham Gison Matthews. Have an awesome rest of your week, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Do I stab them home? Do I stab them home?